We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything. Lakers, your Lakers. Well, they just suffered an embarrassing loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. It saw them trail by 30 for a decent part of the contest and look, well, pretty lifeless during this one. We've got a lot to talk about here. We're going to be taking a lot of your questions and comments. I'm sure a lot of you are going to be venting, and rightfully so. Joining me is Matt the Optimist Peralta. Matt, I don't even know if you can be optimistic after this one. Um, I mean, I'm uh, happy that the season is starting to come to a close. That's kind of where the mindset is right now. Um, I only have to watch 22 more games, Trevor. And then maybe a play-in tournament. And then maybe the playoffs. But then at least I get to enjoy my summer a little bit earlier than I had expected. So there's that. Matt, this is this encapsulates just how bad this game was. Jason T from YouTube with a super chat said, this is for the Lakers nation post game drinking fund. <laughs> Jason, thank you. You got I us. I, that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you, you know where our minds are at right now for sure. Matt, you know, <laughs> let, let's not even, let's not even mess around with the stats and stuff like that. If you watch the game, if you're coming for YouTube from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome. First of all, if you watch the game, we all know what we saw. Matt, during this game, I believe it was at halftime, Richard Jefferson, who was doing the commentary for ESPN, said that the Lakers needed to bring, and I'm paraphrasing here, but they needed to bring an energy and effort level that at least showed respect for the game. Is that accurate? Do you feel like what the Lakers just did tonight was to the point where it was disrespectful to the game of basketball? Oh, 100%. It was disrespectful to basketball. It was disrespectful to the fan base. Just everyone that had to watch that tonight. It's There's something to be said when you don't give your all <laughs> at something. And for the Lakers tonight, it was very, very, very apparent early on that this was a game that if things got out of hand, which it did, mm -hmm. there was just no chance that they were going to come back. None. I... I personally saw nothing in the first half that went, okay, you know, maybe if they tweak this, do this a little bit more, they'll come out of this somehow. But no, it's, it's, this is, well, I mean, look, the first game out of the all-star break, that was a, that was a heartbreaker. And then to come out like this against a Pelicans team that is 
you know, quietly surging up the uh, the standings a little mm-hmm. bit. The Trailblazers are pretty much done for the season with Nurkic sitting out. Uh, Dame might not come back this year. So that 10th play-in spot is up for grabs. And so the Pelicans are making a, a run for it. And then here are the Lakers. Now I believe only two and a half games back or in, in front of them now for the nine spot. So this was a game that, you know, every game at this point must win. Every game. Mm-hmm. But this one in particular had play-in tournament uh, implications and for them to get blown out by basically 30 tonight is just flat out unacceptable yeah i've got a, a super jet comment says we saw a dumpster fire yeah i mean look this is the kind of, and we've talked about this all season long this is the kind of game where you would expect a team any, any team any nba team any professional team to come out with energy with fire anger all of that after losing a close game to the clippers in the last one and yet We've seen this throughout the course of the season. Games where you would expect, okay, the Lakers, they've man, they've got to really be upset after that last loss. They come out and just, meh, no, no thanks. Not not really interested. That's what we've seen out of this team. And that's certainly, I don't know if we've seen it quite to the same degree as we saw tonight, where it looked like they were just running out the clock on the game. Like, let, let's see how long it takes for this game to actually get done. I mean, in terms of the, the effort level, right? The turnovers, 16 turnovers in the first half. And a lot of those were just, just being lazy, being sloppy, not being locked in, not being mentally engaged. And this is what makes it tough from our perspective, Matt, for you and for you and I, as we're trying to analyze this game, X's and O's, rotations, lineups, none of it matters. None of that matters if you don't have a baseline effort to compete at a professional level. And we did not see that tonight. And that is very, very worrying. Let me hit you with a uh, early relationship analogy uh, on brand. <laughs> um, it just kind of feels like the Lakers, like, so we're like their friends, right? We're kind of like the bystanders watching this relationship implode. And we're just kind of waiting for the breakup to happen. Like we know that things need to change and we know certain people need to get cut or broken up with and they got to go their separate ways. And we're kind of just waiting for it to happen. And it feels like they are too. I feel like because they did nothing at the trade deadline, they're kind of just checked out and saying, okay, this wasn't working prior, nothing changed. So what's going to change now? Literally nothing. So I I just think we're heading for a pretty, you know, dramatic summer where we can see some massive changes. I mean, I don't know how much change is going to happen at, in the front office or management level, but definitely with the roster and the coaching staff, hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to see some major, and they know that the team knows that and the front office, know this, this team, this team is going to look very different. Scott Baker from Facebook said, Trevor is always so calm. I think we all want to see him tear into this team just once. This is this is me in general. So you guys know, I, I was a teacher for a long time. I was always that teacher where if you got me to yell, if I got upset, you could hear a pin drop in the room because it very rarely happened that I had to go to that level. Um, I'm not going to do that on here. Because that's not really my style. I'm not going to scream and shout and throw things or whatever. Not that I ever threw things. Well, no. I threw a clipboard when I was coaching once. That did happen. But in any event, this is that's not really my demeanor. But I do think that in, in this situation, fans who are frustrated, I, I totally get it. I'm, I'm frustrated too. I was frustrated watching that game. It was not. It was not acceptable from a competitive standpoint, what we saw from from this Lakers team. I mean, the baseline is just try. I mean, talking, going back to teaching, 
and so many students in junior high who who wouldn't try and that was just the the baseline i even put that as a rule up on my my board number one try just give it a shot put forth the effort turn in your assignments do things like that right this lakers team didn't meet that minimum effort to even try turning in whatever it is that they were going to turn in for this game we didn't see them actually go out there and compete and people have mentioned it on Stu lance night on James Worthy's birthday, they turn in this performance. I don't. There's there's still what twenty two games left in the season. Yep. What does this look like the rest of the way? If this is the performance <laughs> right now, uh, it looks like a big old mess. If you ask me, um, this is what makes the season so difficult and not fun. Is that they just. They don't even try to make the games, you know, close or that they at least look like they're putting in an effort. Like, it's one thing if you're a bad team with, like, you know, not enough talent and, you know, you're undermanned. But at least, you know, you're given, um, you know, an expletive. But <laughs> the Lakers just, it feels like they're just going through the motions and waiting for the season to end. It Like, they feel like they're very reflective of the fan base right now where a lot of people have tuned out for the season. They're very apathetic mm -hmm. nights like tonight probably don't even bother them anymore because they've checked out what 10, 15, 20 games ago already. Like the Lakers look like that too. And it sucks because you know, and I'm being super frank here. I, I would still probably watch the games if I didn't have to do this as a job, mm -hmm. but I, I would not nearly feel as much urgency to tune in to a game and watch it as intently. I just wouldn't. Oh. Oh yeah, you, know, you would plan to have other stuff that you're doing while while the game's on or or whatever, and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a big deal. If, if that and that sucks. Like, yeah. I mean, here's this though. Um, optimistic Matt here <laughs> is that because the Lakers have been so bad, it has prompted me or pushed me to watch other basketball teams, mm. and that's been fun. Well, like, is, I don't want the Lakers season to take away my love of the game of basketball, so I tune into teams that I know are trying and play with like they like each other and have something to play for. Um, that's been a, that's been a fun twist to this season for me. For example, the game that led into this one, that was, this was a yes. nationally televised. The Lakers have a bunch of nationally televised games and I saw that and I went, Oh Oof. no. Oh no. <laughs> this is, this is going to be bad that this team is in nationally televised games. And especially the game leading into it, saw a Mavs team who was down big fight and claw and scrap all the way back and beat the Warriors. It was a great game and you saw heart and you saw hustle and you saw effort and all of that. And then the game, and so by contrast, it was just so evident when you saw the effort the Mavs were giving to come back in that game because they cared, it was so evident that the Lakers don't. Um, and, that's, and you know, the, that's the worst part is too, is that we got a morning slate of games against teams against like there were fun it was fun there were fun games 76ers and, mm -hmm. and the knicks and then we had the jazz and the suns like i watch you know philadelphia i watch phoenix i watch utah and i'm like dude there is just no the lakers are like nowhere near that stratosphere right now of, of play and it's and it's unfortunate and it's sad um and, and yeah, I don't know, like me, fan Matthew is just is internally kicking and screaming because it, this is so brutal to watch. <laughs> I've got a comment here. We need we need to address this. Mook Morris said is with a super chat said strong possibility we fall out of the play in at this rate. Just looking forward to the offseason more than anything else right now. You know, 
first of all, the second part, looking forward to the offseason. I know there were a few times in my mind I thought, can we fast forward to like the end of June? Just fast forward to the draft. Can we do that? Sim- is that Simit. is that possible? But um, the playing thing, we've been saying all along, oh, the Lakers are at the very least. They're going to be in the playing tournament. They're not going to fall out of the playing tournament. But also that assumed that they were going to show effort in games, that they were going to try to win basketball games. If they play like this, and keeping in mind the standings and who's below them, if they play with this level of effort for the remaining 22 games or whatever it is, is it possible for them to actually fall out of the play-in tournament? Okay, so optimistic Matthew thinks that they are still going to make the play-in tournament mm-hmm. just because I'm not a big believer. I think the trail, like, so the Pelicans winning today moved them into 10th. Um, the Lakers have a two and a half game lead over them. Um, so the trade, the trailblazers and Pelicans are tied 25 and 36 record wise. And then the Spurs are 24 and 37 as I'm looking at mm-hmm. it. So, uh, it's about a three, four game buffer for them to fall out of the play in tournament. And honestly, I still, again, like I said, I think they are safe to make at least the 10th seed. But, um, if you told me today that, you know, six weeks down the line, the Lakers are out of it, I would not be surprised. I just, I just wouldn't. <laughs> this was, and this is the scary part. The next three games are what? It's Golden State, the Clippers, I think the, Mavs. the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. This was the, this was the win, right? This was the. How many times have you said that? Easy game on the schedule, right? Was this one? And, and who knows? Maybe they surprise in the next few games and they suddenly show up. But, but yes, there have been a number of times. There's been a number of times where we've said, "Hey, this one should be a W." Oh, they just lost to OKC. Oh, they lost to OKC again. Oh, they found a way to lose to the Blazers. Okay, they found a way to lose to the Clippers multiple times. Um, this is this is where it's hard to pick out a game and say, "Look ahead, look at their schedule to point to a game and go, oh, well, they should get a W in that one." Uh, fool's errand. Don't do that. Yeah. I, I I stopped a while ago. It's tough. I, I don't look at the schedule anymore and go, oh, that's a gimme. Or, oh, that should be a win. I just go look at it and go, oh, I hope they win this game. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram account from YouTube. That's actually the name of the account is Instagram account from YouTube. It should uh, <laughs> uh, said with a super chat. Is it even worth it for the Lakers to go into the play-in tournament at this point? Yeah, it is. It is. Just, Gate revenue, just, baby. Yeah, just for revenue sake. Like, you're not... They don't have their draft pick. Regardless of what happened, they don't have their draft pick this season. So there's no benefit to dropping down in the standings. Like if they were, if their pick was, I don't know, like top 10 protected or something like that, then you could say, okay, maybe do they really try to drop the bottom out of this thing and see if they have a shot at keeping their pick. But there's no, there's zero incentive to lose games right now, which is part of what makes this frustrating. Um, So yes, going to the play-in tournament, you might as well. You might, because what, I mean... Maybe you're able to get into the playoffs and then you can get some more experience for some guys and things like that. It doesn't cost you anything, right? By, by yep. going, It's not like you you don't, or I should put it the other way. There's no benefit to losing games right now or to dropping out of the play-in tournament. Well, that's not true. The benefit is that they get to go on vacation earlier well, and so do we. That's true. Well, they get to go earlier. <laughs> but but we're here year-round. That's fair. So that just makes I mean, it that much earlier there's no games on. But again... I don't know. During the all-star break, mental health wise, I was feeling a little bit, I was feeling a little bit better during the all-star break when we weren't (laughs) watching them play and they had just beat the jazz. And and so we came into it and I was like, going, okay, you know, life was starting to normalize a little bit. 
uh, this is this um, these last few games have certainly been been tough. I think it's just I think it's unfortunate that you know watching games feels like work now. Yeah. It feels like a chore. Um, I mean, I'm just speaking very honestly here because I'm still upset about the loss. Is that you know I look for I used to look forward to games, and now every time I check my schedule and it's like oh the Lakers play at seven seven thirty tonight, I'm like dang it, there goes like my night. I could be doing something with that time, but. I guess I'll sit down and watch them somehow fall down by double digits in the first half, pretend to come back, and then ultimately lose. I'll, I'll do that again, I guess. Um, I had a comment here, and I, I I lost the name, but said, okay, Trevor, bust out your knowledge. What's the solution to this? The solution isn't happening this season. Nope. The solution is not happening this season. The solution comes in the offseason. It's very clear. And here's the other piece to this, is I see people say, Monk should be starting. This guy should be doing this. Or why isn't Frank Vogel playing this guy at this point? Or, or why is this guy getting minutes? It Or trade these players. Look, none of this matters. None of the who's starting or anything matters unless they play with effort, unless they try, unless they play with energy. And again, I guess we should specify like, like Austin Reeves. You know he's going to play hard every single night, right? There's some, guy, there's some guys who are omitted from this because they're going to go get after it regardless. But... If you're pointing to any one specific thing, then you're not seeing the whole picture because there's a lot of things. If you say, oh, this is Russell Westbrook's fault. This is Frank Vogel's fault. This is the front office's fault. It's LeBron's fault. This is injuries. This is health and safety protocols. This is the roster construction. This is whatever, right? This is Kendrick Nunn getting a bone bruise and then never being seen again. This is all of this stuff and more combined in order to create what we've seen this season. So if you're looking at it thinking that there is any one singular solution, that's not correct. The reality is that this offseason, if you're going to fix this, you're going to fix it by blowing it up, by blowing, <laughs> by blowing this thing up. That's how you're going to fix it is you're going to make sure that this team does not exist anymore in its current incarnation. You are going to get new pieces coming in, new players. You're going to change the energy of the team. That way you're going to make trades. You're going to make signings. You're going to let guys who are on expiring contracts walk away. And this team's going to look very different next year. That is the only way to fix this. Last season, last season's team didn't work, but a lot of that was injury related. And you could have argued that way, the way you fix it is just by making some peripheral moves, things like that, and then running it back and hoping for better health. That was a, a on the table fix, a possibility. That is not a possibility. Just running this back to next year, no. it, that, that's completely off the table. The only path forward is complete destruction of this team. And then you rebuild around your foundations, assuming it's LeBron and Anthony Davis. And you go from there. Yep. You, uh, you hit the reset button in a big way this summer. Um, I think everyone knows Vogel is getting let go. That's like step one. Step two is trying to find a taker for Russell Westbrook. And you know, the sad part is, is that yes, I've seen a lot of this too. The Lakers have their 2027 and 2029 pick to trade next year or in the summer uh, to offload them in any kind of deal. Mm -hmm. um, man, it I, I just feel like that's going to be the cost to offload him. Um, there's no way that you can get that done with just one pick, I think. Um, so that's, you know, step number two. And then step three is hope you hit on some minimum signings again like you did with Malik Monk. Because... Um, Let's face it, even if the Lakers trade back Russell Westbrook for some, you know, long-term salary that someone doesn't want, uh, chances are it's not going to be great pieces and you're going to have to, you're going to be left trying to fill the edges of the roster again like they did this summer. So um, 
that that's like basically your best bet. And then you hope that Anthony Davis is healthy for more than like 20 games next season. That's like the other big piece to this. I wonder, like, does this, does what we're seeing impact AD? Like, does he, if he's say 85% and there's two games left in the season and then you're going into the play-in, do you bother bringing him back? If this is kind of the way the team's playing from here on. And I hope this is not, I hope, I hope I said coming out of the, out of the all-star break that what we wanted to see most is just effort just just play hard every single night and then fans could you know at least get behind the team in that sense but if this is the effort level you see is it worth putting him back out on the floor at the end of the season i mean i think in a vacuum it's probably not but i i think that there is some merit to wanting to close out the season on some sort of positive note mm-hmm. um at least make the lakers look sort of kind of attractive to people that might want to sign there in the summer um show them that you know you guys can still be competitive and win games at the highest level so i'd say that i don't think they shut him down and i think you know personally my read on ad is that if he can play he's he's going to want to play um if we're all frustrated that he has sat most of this season out you can only probably imagine how he feels so i think that if he's medically cleared and his conditioning is okay and there's no issues or worries about re-injuring himself then i think he suits up um so Russell Westbrook, we're starting to get some quotes coming in from the, the post game. Oh fun. Yeah. Uh Russell Westbrook said uh that playing out the season as it is, injuries, the crowd booing them tonight can weigh on guys. Says he won't speak for anyone, but says he wants to make sure we collectively do not point fingers and says that's the easy way out instead of owning what we do. A nice political answer. Yeah. Um he said he also imagines that the Lakers' tendency to get down on themselves is probably on opposing team scouting reports. Like if you jump all over this team, they will oh, for yeah, sure. absolutely. He says, um, the scouting report probably says play harder than them and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Uh, I just think it's funny that like a, a, a scout will come to like the head coach of a team and be like, yeah, we just need our guys to play a little bit harder than them. Yeah. And and we should have this in the bag. Yeah. Wow. Right. Hey, just, That's just so... play harder than, but we've talked about this though. There have been games this season where theoretically on paper, if the Lakers give the same level of effort as the opposing team, they should win. And yet they found ways to lose these games. And now we're at a point where they're not giving that effort and so then they're they're losing games and, and teams are realizing, hey, all we got to do if we go out there and play hard, we know the Lakers are always going to play hard. We can get wins just by playing harder than they play. Um, I mean, it's a delicate tightrope tightrope to walk, sure. right? Because you not only the baseline like you talked about needs to be there, but they also just have to play mistake free. Um, you can play as hard as you want, but as for this Lakers roster specifically, the margins of error, the margin of error is still very, very slim. Uh, you can't turn the ball over. You can't afford to go cold from the field. I think at one point they were like, what, three of 24 from from the three-point line? Like, that's disgusting. Well, yeah, uh, they, they finished the game seven for 34, 21% by rounding up, 20.6% from the three-point line. But, I mean, a few of those did come in garbage time. Yeah, so that's my point, like, Playing hard is not going to fix, you know, shooting problems. It's not going to fix Russ's jumper. It's not going to fix a lot of things. Um, it'll help mask some of it. It'll band-aid some of the issues that the Lakers are having. But still, what, like, I feel like a lot of their wins this year have become, have 
been because yes, they played hard and they played with effort and they looked like they 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 were interested. But then they also they played mistake free. They moved the ball well defensively. They were you know swarming. Um, all, you need all those ingredients for a Lakers win at this point. You can't get you can't skate by with just talent alone with this team. No, no, you absolutely can't. And we we found that out very early in the season that they had to give a certain effort level and, and that effort has not been there nearly often enough. We've got a lot to still get into, but let me just start diving into the Super Chats and just start start running through some of these because there's some really good questions and comments that are coming in here. Joan Oliva sure. said, I know we lost, or I knew we lost when uh, Richard Jefferson called out Mello for celebrating too long while a play was happening behind him. That's been all season. We've seen guys stay behind a play either celebrating or protesting, being upset with an official, whatever it is, and not get back and then leave their their teammates. We've seen Westbrook do it. We've seen LeBron do it. We've seen just about everybody do it um, at one point or another. And I think that's just a indicator of where the team is in terms of, of effort level, where they've got to get back defensively because NBA teams are so coached at this point too. If the other team scores, like say it's Russell Westbrook, if he drives and makes this amazing layup, and it involves him falling to the ground, you, oh, you, you grab the, the ball way. and you're gone. And it's a five on four the other way. And if you're Russ, if you're not up quick sprinting to get back, you're probably getting scored on at the other end. And yet the Lakers consistently in these types of scenarios don't get back. And that's just, again, that's an effort thing. That's just one thing to point to and say, this is evidence that the team is not trying, at least not at the level they need to. Yeah, 100%. Can't, can't, you can't, like the Lakers cannot afford to give plays away at this point. They just can't. Um, Hulk Smash said, one of the most disrespectful Lakers teams ever. Wow. Uh, let's see. Music said, NBA all time turnover leaders. LeBron, Russell Westbrook's number four. Is there any reason to wonder why the Lakers have a lot of turnovers? That also comes with longevity. That's not just saying, oh, these guys. Are, yeah. are high turnover guys. It also it comes with having the ball in your hands and playing for a long time. The, the stat I always go back to as a as a way to illustrate this is, and I'm I don't know if this is still the case. I'm assuming, but back in the day, the a question came up on a game show at the time: Who is the number two leading rebounder in Utah Jazz history? And people were answering all of these big men, all these centers, and things like that. The answer was John Stockton. Not because he was a good rebounder, but simply because he played so many games. So you look at the longevity of LeBron's career, it's not a surprise that he's leading the NBA in turnovers because he's had such a long career and has had the ball in his hands the entirety of those 19 years. Turnovers are going to come with that. Now, that's not to say that tonight was a good turnover performance, but I'm just saying that sometimes a stat like that can be misleading because those guys who have played longer can wind up higher in a, in a ranking system like that. Yep, I agree. It could be a little misleading. I'd also like to say that, you know, some of LeBron's turnovers are probably also the case of, you know, people taking charges because he drives so much and he's a big target. But um, yeah, I mean, you've seen him pass the ball. He takes risks sometimes. So mm -hmm. it's going to come with the territory. Um, and yeah, 19 years in, I'm not surprised he leads uh, what NBA. He's like the leading turnover guy. I mean, that's not too surprising, honestly. DJ Williams said, even though Frank hasn't been great, he can't coach effort with grown men but frank has to go we've seen enough so let's get into that Let, we need to talk about yeah frank vogel. um at this point i was actually surprised so when frank vogel got that technical foul i was surprised he didn't get another one because <laughs> i probably would have wanted out of there too at that point um if, should the lakers at this point just let frank vogel go he's not coming back next year <laughs> 
He's not, right? I mean, there's, there's no way. There's no chance that Frank Vogel is coming back next year. They only gave him a one-year contract extension to begin with. Why not just rip the Band-Aid off now and say, Phil Handy, we don't know what you're like as a head coach. Let's find out. Um, someone in the chat is probably smarter than me, and they can probably quote this better, or they can give me the source. But I remember seeing or listening to a quote that said, make the inevitable immediate. And I kind of feel like that's the case with the Lakers and Frank Vogel right now. Uh, rip the Band-Aid off, because I, I think that at this point, the team has... I mean, I don't know what you think, but I think they've tuned them out. Mm-hmm. I've, they've tuned them out. There's just no way. You can't keep preaching the same things like defensive effort, intensity, et cetera, et cetera, like every single game, and it still doesn't show up on the court. That There's something wrong there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, Vogel's not going to make it once their season's done, whenever that is, and so I don't really see the harm in giving someone like Fizdale or Phil Handy a shot and seeing what they can do for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, but then I guess the counter argument is that what are you really leaving them to coach with? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that if that makes any sense for them to do it at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would probably personally let Frank go just to get it over with and then just kind of see if you can salvage your season in any way, shape or form that way. Yeah, I mean, what's it going to hurt right now? It's not going to hurt anything. I mean, I know we we've said a bunch of times this is this is rock bottom for this team, right? We've said that we've said that a number of times. So who knows? But probably not going to get worse, right? Are you sure? I mean, I guess it could. It can always. I guess it can always get worse. But I mean, at least at least you're gaining something if you just say, "Here you go, Phil Handy." Let's let's find out. We haven't seen Phil Handy as a head coach. We don't know. And the Lakers are probably looking for a new head coach this offseason. Why not find out? what that's like i mean at this point would it is it really even if it is worse is it going to be so much worse probably not i mean i i I guess i just want to point this out to you players aren't dumb they know what's happening Mm -hmm. they can read between the lines everyone in that locker room knows that frank's not going to be back next season so you know, if you're LeBron, if you're AD, um, if you're a player that you think is going to stick around for next season with the Lakers, like, how much effort are you really... Go- it's like, you know, at your workplace job, right? If you know your manager or your boss is going to get canned, are you really going to listen to that person as much or as, you know, as intently as you probably normally would? Mm-hmm. No? Not really. Uh, it's the same thing here. So, yeah, I mean, why not give a voice to someone else? Give someone else a shot at this point, you know? Uh, that's basically the crux of this whole argument, I think. I've got I've got somebody in the chat that says, Trevor's on Genie Bus's payroll. Do you think if I was on Genie Bus's payroll, I would have said the way they played tonight was disrespectful to basketball? <laughs> I wish I was on Genie's payroll yeah. at this point. Shoot. Yeah. Although, you know what? We wouldn't be able to talk about like 80% of what we talk about on here, maybe more. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show 
by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, no, that's 100% true, guys. Right. There, there are some very strict rules if you work for the Lakers and how you, you know, uh, cover them. So, yeah. Here we get to vent and complain. Yeah, exactly. Um, Alberto Flores said the Lakers are a few games out of falling out of the play-in tournament. What micro goals would you like to see? New coach? Well, we just talked about that. But developing young guys and G League players. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I mean, let's bring up the G League guys. And here's the thing. You've got 22 games left. Maybe a couple more in the play-in. Let's face it. Even if they win in the play-in tournament, are they getting bound to the first round? Probably not. Okay. But the question now for this team becomes... What do you get out of what's left? If you just say it's over, it's done, we're getting nothing from it. Well, then this season truly is a waste, right? Then it really is a lost season because you got nothing from it. Why don't you try to get whatever you can? And maybe it's not much, but cut DeAndre Jordan, right? The Lakers, I know they don't want to pay them the money or whatever, but cut some of the older guys at the end of the bench that you know aren't going to be back next year anyway. Bring up some of the South Bay guys and give them some minutes. Give them a shot. Is it going to hurt? Compared to the way things are right now, probably not. At least give them some opportunity. And who knows, maybe you stumble upon something that can actually fit, that could be useful for next season. What's the harm in doing that? And potentially, you can benefit moving forward. At least you can get something out of the remainder of the season rather than just, well, let's run out the clock and then go from there. After seeing DeAndre Jordan basically heave a pass oh, into like the... <laughs> into the into like the 10th row. Um, and then he said, yeah. my bad. And he said, my <laughs> bad. <laughs> I got such a good laugh. I saw it live and I was like, who, who, who else would you point I mean, to? I'll, I'll say this. Like, it also occurred to me too. This is probably the end of DeAndre Jordan's career. Right? Oh. Like we'd have to imagine. Like he's, he's yeah. done in the NBA after this. And so on that level, because look, Father Time catches up with all of us. Um, and so on that level, there's a little bit of, I've got a little bit of sympathy for him there, but the fact of the matter is he, he can't be on the floor right now. So if it's me, I'm parting ways and I'm, and I'm bringing up some younger guys and giving a, giving them some chances, giving them some minutes. I just, I don't understand why 60 games through the season, he is still on the roster. I mean, he was by far and away the easiest cut or trade candidate at the deadline. And, uh, that was you know, for me, like the most surprising thing is like, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, here's, here's what I wonder. Here's what I wonder okay. if, because we said going into the trade deadline, the Lakers are unlikely to pull off a big move. However, what we'll probably see them do is make a move to clear a salary, clear a guy off their books, open up a roster spot, and then be a player on the buyout market. Sure. What if, and you know, Rob's canvassing the league, right? You know, Rob is doing stuff to try to find out what's available, what's not and all that. What if he was hearing that essentially nobody was going to sign with the Lakers off the buyout market? And that's why mm. they didn't make that move. I mean, the other the other side of that argument, too, is maybe he just didn't feel like giving up an asset on a loss season. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Didn't feel like, yeah. giving up. you know, if you, if you know, there's probably not somebody coming or nobody that's going to really help all that much. Why? Why give up? You know, if, if, if a team says it would it would have purely been for salary cap or luxury exactly. tax reasons. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that extra second round pick, theoretically, that could have gone to clearing that spot gets thrown in in a Westbrook deal. 
Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Bruce Barnes said, Trevor, if you were my teacher, I probably would have shown up more often to class. Well, thank you. Uh, I, me too. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Stay in school. Go, go to class. That's, that's kind of important. What is it that they say? Showing up is X percent of success or something like that. Like something like, like 75% that. Or something. I don't know what the exact thing It's like is. how, you know, on the SAT, I don't know. I, do kids even take the SAT still? I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of old now. I taught junior high. So it was, I was oh, a level below it's, that. It's like how you get like, I think like 600 points automatically for just writing your name oh, yeah. on the thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like that, you know, just put your name on it and you'll get some credit. You gotta be able to write your name. Uh, boom, boom, Davison said, this was the most sickening Lakers game I've ever witnessed. This year was abysmal. The rust trade, changing the arena name, injuries. Now we're not playing with any effort. Get off my screen. I'm done. He says that with a super mm. chat. Look, I, I get it. I totally understand why Lakers fans are upset. Why Lakers fans would, would feel like they want to check out. When you're seeing the team check out, you're hearing the LA fans justifiably boo the team. It's hard not to feel like, why, why, why should I care when the team does it? Exactly. Right. And I think that's, I think that's a perfectly okay way to feel after what we, what we just saw. Um, I've always gone back to, well, we've been through tough times. We've seen rebuilding years. We've been through maybe not as many much, you know, as many difficult years as some other teams have. We're not you know, Sacramento Kings or whatever, man. They just catch trays on this show they, every single time. They do. <laughs> they do. But uh, but this isn't this isn't the kind of thing that this isn't the kind of thing where if a fan if a fan says I just I can't take it anymore I'm out I don't blame them I don't fault them for feeling that way based on what we've seen this season. Um, have you watched Love Is Blind, Trevor? I have on that. Well, oh, I, okay, so... I saw the final like two episodes or whatever because my wife was into it and. I, I, oh, your wife, your wife and I would be friends. Yes. Um, sorry. The only reason I bring it up is it um, expectations versus reality. Uh -huh. uh, that was my whole thing about this. That's where I was going with this. Um, the reason why the rebuilding years weren't so bad is because we knew they were going to be bad. There was mm -hmm. no shot they were going to win anything. Yep. Uh, this year, we came into it talking to ourselves into, oh, you know, the Lakers can probably get back to the playoffs. Russ will ease the burden off LeBron, and, you know, AD will be, like, you know, AD again, and they'll make a run in the playoffs, and they'll be a contender. Um, it's kind of like Love is Blind. It's like if Love is Blind, if this was, like, a reality show for the Lakers, and um, the Lakers proposed to the wrong girl. Okay. Like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? It's like um, we all thought that the girl on the other side was going to be like something close to a championship, but in, it's just a play-in tournament spot and probably a first-round exit. Like that's that's where this is right now. Um, <laughs> and I and I I've been watching a lot of it because I've had a lot of free time because I'm not <laughs> like look at I'm not, I'm gonna totally cop out to this. Uh, I was watching the finale during the game today. Um, so if you guys have watched it, uh, not a sponsor or anything, but if you guys have watched it, hit my DMs. Let's talk about it because uh, I got thoughts. You got thoughts on the finale of Love Is Blind? Season two, man. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna avoid going in, going on a on a Love Is Blind tangent here, but I get what you're where you're going with that analogy, and I think you're not you're not wrong. It definitely didn't wind up like like we hoped it was going to. I mean, it was. I just wanted to talk about something that made me a little happy, you know. So <laughs> I watched. Sorry. I watched the LA Galaxy today. The LA Galaxy had their season debut. MLS started up this weekend. I, I know there's a lot oh, of fun. there's a lot of soccer people out there that just you know look down on on MLS soccer snobs or, or whatever football snobs as it were. Um, but I grew up on it, right? I I grew up in Southern California playing soccer and all that. So I they 
captured me as a fan very early on in the, the inaugural season. I got to train on MLS fields and all that kind of stuff. It was great. Um, so I'm, I'm watching that. The Galaxy had this exciting back and forth game with the reigning champs, NYFC, um, today. And in the 90th minute, Chicharito scores this fantastic goal to put the Galaxy up and, and ultimately win the game. And it was just, as the game's going on, I'm like, this is what it feels like watching a team like, and the Galaxy have not been great, but watching a team really compete, really go out there and give it their all. And then lo and behold, in crunch time, do what they needed to do to get, get the win. I'm like, man, I haven't felt this in a while. And because we haven't seen that from, from this Lakers team more often than not, we've seen them either not play hard or then come crunch time, find ways to lose the game. So that, that uh, was, that was my happiness today was that, that brief respite. Now, again, maybe the galaxy will fall to pieces like they did last season, but that moment I was like, gosh, this, this takes me back, man. This, this takes me back. It's been a while. <laughs> I was, uh, I was texting with Daniel Starkand, our managing editor uh, in the middle of the game. And he was like, man, cause he was at the game today and he was like, yeah, this is rough. And I was like, it's okay, man. At least you and I got a Super Bowl three weeks ago. And he's like, you know what? You're right. So I know exactly what you're feeling where it's like, Oh, a team I'm emotionally invested in one and I can celebrate it. Like I'm still riding that high. So I guess maybe that's what's getting me through this Lakers season right now. Yeah. That's, that is certainly something that can help you get through. If you've got that kind of championship still there. Uh, mm -hmm. JG Yon said that Deandre Jordan play was hilarious. I mean, you just heard you and I laugh yeah, about it. So it was, it was, <laughs> uh, Ishab 976, will the Lakers have a pulse against the Mavericks? So here's the thing. I would look at that and say, going up against Luka, yeah, like LeBron's going to be fired up. They should show up for this one. But again, I would have expected them to show up for this game against the Pelicans. And they didn't. So what are the odds of a Lakers victory against the Mavs? Well, we just saw the Mavs play with all the heart, all the effort, and get back and beat the Golden State Warriors. So... I mean, what what would you if you were setting the betting line? What would you put the lake? I'm surely surely the Mavs are the favorites. What are you setting it at? If I'm an odds maker, yeah. I got to make it a little tempting, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd say like Mavs what? minus six. My, Mavs minus six and a half. Wow, you're wow. I was saying yeah. I was gonna say Mavs minus eight and a half. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Man. Something like that. Um, would I take that though? I don't know. Mm. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Dre Johnson in my water boy voice. We suck again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, Jason, I'm not defending anybody, any means, but we seriously have to point out how incredibly lacking Frank is as an NBA head coach to not have even a single reliable offensive strategy. I mean, Frank Vogel's never been a great offensive coach. He's been a good defensive coach. He just he doesn't have defenders this year. Uh, but the offense is, it's not look good. It's not look cohesive. It's not looked like much. I see a lot of people that are talking about how they just, they look like they don't even run plays. And that's true, but I know that they do. A lot of teams don't they, run plays. Though. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of teams that don't run set plays all the time down the floor. And we also have moments where, it's not obvious that they ran a play, but they did. It just got blown up. The first play, second play, or first option, second option didn't work. And so in our brains, we don't register that as, oh, they run a play. We think only if a guy, you know, slips the screen and gets wide open for a, for a dunk at the rim or something like that, that's 
about all that our brain registers as they ran a play. Some moments where they actually run plays, we don't, but but that's besides the point. The bottom line is the offense definitely doesn't look look good. It's it's kind of a mess. Um and I don't know that a different coach would make it all that much different, but I certainly know there are better offensive coaches than Frank Vogel. That's that's not what he hangs his hat on. Did you um did you hear the disgust in uh, I was wa- I wasn't watching the ESPN broadcast I was watching the uh, Spectrum one, mm-hmm. um man Stu Lance sounded so disgusted every time a possession devolved into LeBron like on like mm-hmm. the like on the wing and he, he Stu Lance verbatim said standing around, no one's moving and I was like man this guy is fed up and I don't blame him and and Stu's at a point too, in his career, where. He can say whatever he wants, just about. I'll just let things fly. You know what man. I mean? Yeah. Like, what what are you gonna do? Yeah. He's Stu Lance, right? So, yeah, but he's right. But he's right, and, and he's right to be frustrated stuff because look how he's seen this team, right? He's seen this team for decades at this point. He knows what good basketball looks like, and he knows that's not what we're seeing. Yeah, uh, like I said, uh, good basketball exists. Uh, if you're a Lakers fan that only watches Lakers basketball, I can assure you that there are there is good basketball mm-hmm. to be had. You just you gotta just kind of look outside your bubble. Um, yeah, it's just man, it's like it's so frustrating. You watch other teams that like move off ball, cut off uh you know off the post, split screens, mm-hmm. uh, UCLA cut whatever. Like, it's so fun to watch that kind of stuff instead of just watching LeBron try to make something out of nothing with like seven seconds on the shot clock. Like, like. That should be a fun drinking game is just how many times you see that possession. You'll probably get drunk by like the second quarter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't make it through the game. Uh, Big Dog said, Trev, did you see Genie leave the game in the third quarter? I did not. But, I mean, it was getting pretty rough in there. The booze were coming down and everything, so I don't necessarily blame her on that one. Um, BT Kingsley, how much better would the Lakers be with the Ball brothers and the youth we had? Same people say Rush is trash, booed Kuzma last year, look at him now. The ball brother. So are we talking about you're getting Lonzo and LaMelo somehow? Nah, man, Leangelo. What are you talking Leangelo. about? Leangelo. Okay, okay. But let's... What <laughs> I don't if, know. What if we were just living in a world where the Lakers never never make the Anthony Davis trade and they've got all the kids still? I mean, is that true, though? Because they all have pretty decent size extensions, right? Yeah, so I don't think... In terms of the cap, I don't think it's really possible to do that because they all would have gotten extensions at some point. Sorry, but this is fantasy land, right? For sure. Um, that's a pretty, you know, say that's like a what three, four, five seed in the West, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe that's optimistic. Maybe maybe like five and six at least. Def- definitely a solid playoff team. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but, yeah, it's uh, it's a playoff team, yeah. no question, but. Here's the thing: the Lakers traded away all the young guys, and they got a championship out of it. That that mm-hmm. was the second they won that championship. It was worth it. Doing all of that was worth it. Championships are rare; they're not easy to come by. It was worth it. Now, though, and a lot of this has been self-inflicted. A lot of the damage they've done, and that's part of what makes it so frustrating. So, a lot of the damage that they've done has been self-inflicted. What's gotten the team to the point they're at right now, but now we're starting to kind of feel that that sting a little bit. But that doesn't change the fact that it was still worth it to make that move at the time when they did it because they got a championship out of it. 
yeah, no, I mean, I, it's it's really easy to look back at that and just go, like, I just want to enjoy having players I like that I can root for and not really have the expectations of a championship all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, from that perspective, I totally get it. If that's your idea of fandom, um, that's totally fine. I, I don't think there is one right, uh, right way to, to root for teams. Like, I don't think championships always have to be the end goal uh, for sports fans. Like, I think you can happily enjoy you know, five, six, seven seasons of continued success. Uh, but we're talking about the Lakers and championship or bust is always a mentality, no matter what. So um, it's not for the faint of heart. I will say that. And this is why I kind of want to echo something I said, like way back at the beginning of the season where I said, make sure you don't like hang your hat on every single win or loss with this team because you were going to set yourself up for failure real fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about riding the roller coaster and all of that, that, that this yeah. team can... can... Yeah, it's it's not. That's the path to madness, essentially. I have a good question for you. Yeah. So, um, just for fun, hypothetically speaking, let's say because the Lakers are pretty locked into this roster for the most part, uh-huh. you know, outside of like you know AD and LeBron and possibly Russ. Um, next season, there is a very good possibility. It looks kind of ish, sort of similar. I'm sure the vibes won't be as bad, but the roster construction might be the same and stuff. Um, and you might be in for another disappointing season. Right. Um, so if we're just playing pretend and next season doesn't work out for the Lakers also, not saying that it won't just, if it doesn't, you're making me sad about next season already, but okay. I'm just saying at the end of next season, if I told you, Hey Trevor, would you trade in this title to not have these past three seasons or would you still want to rather have that title? Oh, I'd rather have the title. Exactly. So that's my, yeah. yeah. yeah, So (laughs) my whole thing is like, I think every championship team for the most part, suffers like a couple down seasons after the year they win. Um, this just happens to be the Lakers, like next poor stretch. Um, but you 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 will happily take two or three bad seasons for a title any day of the week. Mm-hmm. You just would. You just hope that they don't. The the hope was that they wouldn't that the down seasons wouldn't come so fast, because that's where like the Anthony Davis trade will actually hurt. Is that the the picks that yes. they still owe could end up being pretty good. If those picks wind up now, again, this isn't, you know, if the Lakers are able to make some moves this summer, they look better next season. Okay. Maybe those picks end up being late twenties picks. Who knows? And then it's not so bad, but again, um, can I tell you a dirty secret real quick? Sure. I kind of hope Zion leaves only because the Pelicans might not feel as incentivized to swap picks with the Lakers. Cause if their picks are just as bad or you know, even worse than the Lakers. No harm, no foul. Well, I mean, the Pelicans, as long as the Lakers pick is ahead of the Pelicans, they're going to want the Lakers pick. Right. So, I mean, I know, but my, but my point is that, if, but I mean, let's just pretend Zion leaves and this team is like, you know, a middling, maybe play in team. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you're kind of just, I'm, I'm just under the assumption that as long as LeBron's on the team um, and AD's around, they're not going to be any worse than the, the Pelicans will be. Oh, um, sure. and, the, yeah. so it's, you have a greater chance that the pick swap is just, it's not going to be a, a thing. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, pick swaps can be something or they can be zero, like absolutely nothing. If the Lakers mm-hmm. are better than the Pelicans, then the pick swap is worth nothing that they've yep. got in, in 2023. All right. Um, let's see here. Wilson Young said the Lakers best lineups don't match Vogel's preferred way of playing, but Vogel seems pretty stubborn. The the pieces aren't on this roster to play the way Vogel prefers to play. Yeah. So. I mean, he can't even play two big lineups right now because yeah. AD's out. So Larry bird bird with a Y said, are we disappointed in LeBron's leadership? 
I mean, I, I, I can guess... say the body language from LeBron is, has not been great. I, mean, I understand why it hasn't been great, but it hasn't been great. No, I, I, I guess that's like a good thing to talk about, or at least like a, a minor thing to talk about. Sure. Um, I, I mean, LeBron's human. Uh, I'm not gonna make excuses for him, but this season has to be worrying on him too. Uh, you know, the deal that you wanted in the in the summer kind of blew up in your face. Uh, your co-star is hurt again for like five weeks. Um, the roster around you is not great. So yeah, I mean, I don't blame him for being, you know. I don't want to say moody or like uh, not showing the best body language when he's playing, but uh, I do think that there is some merit to him needing to be, you know, a little bit um, just needed to lead a little bit more, I guess. Um, Cause everyone follows his lead, right? If, if LeBron's yeah. pouting, if he's shrugging his shoulders, if he's like, you know, turning the ball over crazy amount of time, I think he had seven today. Um, you know, that, that sets the tone for the rest of the team. That's uh, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I would like to see more from LeBron from that respect, but I'm not going to blame him for everything, like some people I see are. I think it's also easy to forget how human these guys are. So when things start piling on them, you're going to see that reaction. And I know we should say, well, LeBron's the leader. He should push forward. He should set the example for everybody else. Sometimes that's uh, easier said than done. Uh, Timothy Lovas said the Lakers don't care what happens. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. I mean, based on what we saw, hard to argue with that. Hard to, hard to argue with that. Uh, Boom Boom Davison said, "Do we still believe that AD is that guy moving forward?" I don't. I think we fool some other team into handling his injuries. I'm sick of it. I mean, I I still think that you're that you're selling low on AD if you try to trade him right now while he's been dealing with these injuries. Like if you tried to trade him this off season, aren't you probably selling low on Anthony Davis? And again, it goes back to we've talked about this a bunch. The relationship with the Lakers, clutch sports, all that. The only way they're trading AD is if AD goes to the Lakers and says, I would like to be traded. That's it. Mm -hmm. they, otherwise, it's it's not happening. No matter how much fans want to rage trade him away. And, and you can make arguments for trading him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not rational to, to think that. There's If you can say, oh, if we got X, X, Y, and Z out of an AD trade, the team would be better moving forward. Okay, right? There's different arguments you can make there. I just don't think it's realistic unless Anthony Davis wants to be traded. Yeah, I, I don't either. And like the thing that bugs me the most is that a lot of people don't realize that, you know, as much as AD is like pretty often hurt, like people like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George even like have missed way more games. Um, so, you know, call a spade a spade, right? If you're going to call Anthony Davis street clothes or whatever, like you should at least call the other guys that have missed way more time the same things. That's all I'm saying. Here's the... Here's the thing that gets you, though, right? If the Lakers were playing like the Clippers, without the oh, no be... people would be pretty proud of this team, right? Yep. So that certainly stings. The Clippers tonight were down to the down by the to the Houston Rockets, which is crazy because they shouldn't be down be losing to a team like the Houston Rockets. And in crunch time, they found a way to win. They got the job done. We don't see much of that from the Lakers these days. And that adds to certainly the frustration. 
Yeah, but I mean, as far as trading AD, that's like a total non-starter yes. for me unless he wants to come out, right? Or he wants to leave. Yeah. Um, she said, "Thank you, Trev. I don't know how you can do this while keeping your sanity." <laughs> said Kobe would be disappointed this season. I think a lot of I think a lot of former Lakers are disappointed. At what Did you seeing. see James Worthy after the game? <laughs> oh, I mean, they're they're all disappointed right now, right? I mean, oh, they, and, and yeah. they should be. And they should be. This is not what you would expect out of any NBA team, let alone certainly the Los Angeles Lakers. As far as how I keep my sanity through all of this as well, part of it is we get to come on here and talk through all of it. We get to, we get to come together as a group. That's part of the, what this show was all about when it initially was created, was we got to come together during a tough season and everybody got to vent a little bit. And uh, that's part of being part of, of Lakers Nation, right? Is we can all lean on each other a little bit. So that's part of what keeps my sanity, honestly, is I don't have to sit by myself and stew or anything like that and just just focus on this. Instead, I get to come on here, we get to talk through it, and then when we're done, we move forward. Mm -hmm. You are a good man, Trevor, because I am at wit's end with this team. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm feeling it too. I'm feeling it too. It's it's to the point where even I'm like, they've got another game tonight. Are they going to show up tonight? I sure hope so. You know, that type of thing. Like it's, it's definitely toxic relationship. It's definitely getting to me too. I'm feeling it, but the show does, does help. The show does help. I'll say that. Uh, Marco Polo Corleone said, Kobe was right. You can't win playing this three point style unless you have Ray Allen or Steph Curry. And they still lost to Dallas in the West. You need a center like Carl uh, Anthony Towns, JaVale McGee. That's an interesting combo to throw in there. Uh, Lakers that. waste too much energy. You need either Carl Anthony Towns or JaVale McGee. It's uh, quite the spectrum of centers. You yeah, got there. That, that is. And I like JaVale McGee, but I'm just, that's a, there's a big difference. You know, there. what's funny is that you kind of have the, uh, the combination of that with Anthony Davis, if he's healthy, mm -hmm. which is funny. Yeah. Um, not obviously, before someone takes that out of context, I'm just talking about, you know, AD being a credible offensive threat and being still a defensive kind of guy. Not nearly the same shooter as Cat, but I'm just saying. Uh, AD is, like, almost, like, the perfect center for the modern NBA. Um, and I say almost because his three-point shot's not there. Um, but if it was, perfect center. So when we're looking at... Oh, I've got a few more comments coming in here. Somebody said Genie leaving in the third is a sign. Frank is out. We already talked all about Frank Vogel, but yeah, I mean, it's not a great sign. It's not a great sign. But when we look at that Lakers team that won the championship, their offense wasn't great, but that's a, you know, a Frank Vogel team. And based on the personnel, that made sense. But if you looked at what they had, they were bigger, faster, stronger than just about everybody they played against. Yep. Including at the center position. So I think there is some truth to that. I mean, look, during their playoff run, their smallest starter was KCP, and he's, what, 6'5"? Mm -hmm. That's not the case with, with this team. They have gone the complete opposite of... 6'5 is your power forward on this team. Sometimes you're center. Yeah. They've gone the complete opposite of what it was that won them a championship. Um, and a lot of that was because they decided to sacrifice all this depth in order to get Russell Westbrook, and then you haven't quite gotten the punch out of Westbrook that you hoped you would have. He's been There's been moments where Russ has been fine. Right. But he also hasn't done so much of the heavy lifting that it's made up for losing all the depth that they did. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to uh, dive into that too much, but 
I mean, this is just the cost of doing business. Uh, ROI has been very, very bad on Russell Westbrook. And now you're just looking to get out. of It's like a stock that you invest in that you think is going to do well. Uh, and then it just tanks. And now you're just trying to salvage whatever you can get from it. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of how I look at rest right now. Yeah. Thanks, Fubo stock. Um, <laughs> He's not a GameStop or AMC. Sorry, no, guys. That one, that one hurt me the other day. Um, I Ford <laughs> said when shots don't fall for the team early, they quit playing because they know they have zero margin to be competitive. So they mail it in. That's not wrong. Yeah, there's no wrong, but that's not, you've got to have some type of professional integrity and push through that and still play hard again, re respect the game, respect the game of basketball and continue to put forth the effort that it deserves. 100%. <laughs> Gerardo said, are you going to apologize for the Lakers again? I don't know if I've apologized for them. I'm sorry that you guys had to watch that. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Maddie James said, Trevor, I'm sorry. Said this back in December, but I don't see the squad being in the playoffs at all. This season is over. Again, we've said in terms of playoffs, if you're counting the play-in tournament as playoffs, we've been saying all along, they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, from there, though, are they going to do it? We haven't seen much to think, okay, this team can do something. Last season, last season, we saw this team play really well at the beginning of the season. Then they just got hit by one injury after another, after another, and they just sank, right? And so we said, if they can get healthy, then they can do some stuff because we had seen them play at an extremely high level. This season, we've never seen them play at a high level. So there shouldn't be much optimism for them to do well in the playoffs, regardless of the fact that they've got LeBron, potentially a healthy Anthony Davis. We haven't seen this team come together and play at a level that's necessary to find success in the playoffs. So I would not expect that. Yep, same. Uh, sucks to say that so early with 20 games left, but that's just kind of the reality of things. Parth Desai said, uh, shouldn't shutting Braun and AD down be considered? I was going to talk to you about this, mm. actually. Um, I didn't know where you sat on it. But I kind of feel like sitting LeBron, AD, and asking Russ to stay home has to be on the table at this point. But what do you what do you gain from that? Well, I mean, it kind of just goes back to this idea of if you're going to cut some guys and let young guys play, sure. right? This is how you open up minutes organically, right? Can the Lakers openly do that, though? Say, that's it. We don't have a shot at all. We're going to get to the play-in tournament. Maybe we're going to fall backwards into the play-in tournament. So I don't think they'll do it immediately, okay. but I think at some point in the season, like, you know, if they're hovering around 10th or whatever, like, mm -hmm. what's the harm there? Yeah. I mean, you. I guess maybe you don't lose a lot. LeBron loses 20-plus games of points onto his total, chasing Kareem. Um, which, I mean, I know we laugh, but like that, that matters too. Like to me, it matters a little bit because I would, if LeBron's going to break that record, I want him to do he it. Needs these games. I want him to do yeah. it in a Lakers Jersey. And the only time that we know he'll be in a Lakers Jersey is next season, or at least contractually after that, he's a free agent, depending on what happens this summer. But I want to see him break that record in a Lakers Jersey. And it's very much in play next season. If he continues to score this season. So that's, I don't know. That's selfishly something that I would like to see, but, but you're right. I mean, does it hurt them that much? Probably not. Hypothetically speaking, um, I've seen this on my timeline a lot. Trade LeBron, trade LeBron, trade LeBron. Mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't you hypothetically want him to sign like a one or two year extension this offseason? That way mm -hmm. a team that's trading for him knows they're going to have him. Yep. Absolutely. That's what I would do. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that was, that was my point. If we go way back into when Dwight Howard was a free agent and there were a lot of Lakers fans who were saying, Dwight's not it. I don't like him. Goodbye. Oh, Dwight. Go yeah. walk away. And I kept, I was screaming from the mountaintops. No, even if you hate Dwight, even if you think Dwight is a terrible fit for the Lakers, you want him to sign that contract and then you can trade him. You can get stuff for him. The worst thing that can happen is he walks away for nothing. So yeah, you're, you're right. Even if you think, even if you're one of those fans that says, look, it's not working, blow it up, let's rebuild, trade LeBron, you still want LeBron to sign some sort of an extension with the Lakers and then execute a trade because you're going to get more in return for him. Now, I don't expect the Lakers to actually trade him. I'm not saying that. But if yep, you same. think that's the path forward, you still want that extension to get signed because in theory, on the trade market, he would have more value with an extension signed. Yep. Just putting it out there for anyone that wants him gone. <laughs> Dre Johnson, I don't think the front office fired Vogel yet due to the sports media. We'll kill them for it due to the construction of this team and failing Vogel. <laughs> We've talked about that a little bit yeah. offline. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great look, but at this point, what is it? What does it matter? I mean, because really, if we're looking at things and we can point to a lot of different things that caused the Lakers downfall this season, is Frank Vogel the main thing like the swapping out Frank Vogel suddenly fix a lot of stuff enough to make this team suddenly competitive. Probably not. Right. Probably not. Is he blameless? No. But that being said, if you're the Lakers, you've already gotten plenty of media backlash. Shouldn't you just try to get the most you can out of this season? And maybe that's finding out what Phil Handy has. Yeah. I mean, you can blame you can blame Vogel legitimately for any day to day or in game stuff, but like the big picture things with this team, that's absolutely not his fault. Mm -hmm. uh, which is why I don't blame him nearly as much as other people do. I don't take that as me thinking he is uh, innocent or hasn't had his you know his hand in why this team has been so bad this season. But it is a fool's errand to just pin everything on him mm -hmm. because that's not true. It's just not. Um. Lakers 0-6 preseason start told us everything, somebody said. Oh, I, I, I again, I, I tend to not put a lot of stock into preseason. I don't put almost anything into in that thing. Play. Yeah. Um, we saw Lakers teams that were really good lose a bunch of preseason games. And that's, that's happened. Uh, rebuild, rebuild. Trade LeBron to the baddest team for picks and expiring contracts. Same with Ro Westbrook and Davis. I mean, what what bad team is trading yeah, for LeBron? Yeah, let's pretend that LeBron goes to the Lakers and says, "Let's find a trade." Do you think LeBron is saying, "Hey, trade me to the Thunder," right? Trade me to the, get a few picks from them. Trade me to the Thunder. No, they're going to try to find if they're going to trade LeBron, they're going to find a place where he can contend, and where the Lakers can get something back. Now, maybe that something isn't like the top pick in the draft or something like that, but you're not going to do LeBron wrong at this point. You're not going to just exile him to some team and say, here you go, finish out your career playing someplace that has no shot to win a championship. No, you're going to find something that gives him a chance to compete, gives you a chance to reload, rebuild, whatever it is. That's the way that's going to play out. If And again, I don't think that's the, the path we're ultimately going to go down here. Uh, let's just remind everyone that relationships in the NBA matter quite a bit more than I think a lot of people realize. Um, and I'm not talking about player and front office relationships. I'm talking about, you know, agents, you know, 
friends of the players. Like, everyone sees that. Can you imagine if the Lakers traded LeBron without his consent somewhere he didn't want to go? Oh, be rough. The backlash would be immense. And not not and look, maybe in a vacuum it's the right move, but um that's gonna have, you know, ramifications down the line that they, they're probably not gonna want to deal with. So um yeah, no. What what are the like and to like the questions point, like what rebuilding team's gonna trade for LeBron? I, I can't think of one. No. No. I that ruins their timeline. I am curious though, what team is going to draft Bronny? If they know if they like, how much did Bronny's draft stock go up when LeBron said what he said? Like, not only that guaranteed he gets drafted, right? That probably guarantees he's a first round pick. For anyone that's uh, not really following Bronny, uh, I've like kind of looked into his draft profile a little bit. He is like projected. He's a junior right now. Mm -hmm. um, he's like currently projected as a uh, like a second round, like an early second mm -hmm. round pick. Uh, he's like a little bit undersized, like a six three combo guard basically. Um, surprisingly enough, a lot of the comparisons are to like Lonzo Ball. But uh, if you want like a a recent comparison, he's like Io Desumu on the Chicago Bulls. Okay. Uh, with a little bit of a better jumper, I think. But anyway, my point being is that he kind of screams role player, like winning role player kind of guy. Um, so I don't know whether I think he probably goes in the first now after the bronze yeah. comments. But prior to that, like he, I, I've been saying for a long time, I think Ronnie's a legitimate NBA prospect. Someone's going to take a shot on him just for the name value alone, I think. Uh, but player wise, you know, he's going to be a useful NBA kid uh, or NBA rookie, I think, at, like as soon as he comes in. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think he's going to go in the first now oh, after yeah. LeBron said that <laughs> you, you get the financial windfall of LeBron's final season. Somebody's going to take him. Somebody's going to take him just, just to make sure they get that. I hope it's Cleveland. Oh God. It, it could be the Lakers. I mean, we don't, we don't know. Do they have a pick in the 2024 draft? Uh, I mean, they could get one. They could get one. Um, uh, Andrew Nell says, does everyone forget we won a championship two years ago? So many clubs wish yes. they had the Lakers success. That's a good perspective. Everyone forgets. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so that is a, a good point. I've got James Lopez. When Brandon Ingram was on the Lakers, I thought he was going to be a future MVP. Kind of disappointed. Do you agree? Just trying to find a positive about today. No, I mean, I think Ingram's been fine. I He's been about. He's, he's perked up a yeah, bit. Yeah, he's. He's not a bad yeah. player. He's a good player. Um, there were all-star caliber player. Yeah, yeah. There were legit debates that, you know, is he now when he was, especially last season, he was good. Uh, is he now better than Ben Simmons, right? Stuff like that. So I think Brandon Ingram's just fine. Is he a superstar? No, but I wasn't expecting him to be that either. Chris Middleton is my favorite comp for Ingram at this point. Mm, that's a pretty good one. Yep. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Nishad Marthy said, this has been the ugliest Lakers season to watch in terms of play on the floor. And I've been watching since the eighties, even the worst Lakers seasons were more fun to watch than this one. 2012 or this season, Matt. Ooh. I, Oh, um, Damn, that's a good one. Right. I'm going to say 2012 because I know they made the playoffs at least. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love Pau and Kobe is my favorite player ever. So at least I had that. So I will say 2012. Especially if we leave out, you know, Kobe's injury that season. Like at least you saw Kobe kind of like willing the team into the playoffs that season. Sorry, 2012, 2013. Yeah, right? yeah, that, yeah. That right, season. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Yeah. I think I would go that one as well. Yeah, the, like, you mean just as far as, like, which one I would prefer out of the two? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that season for sure. Because that was not a fun season to watch by any means. No. They were expecting, you know, that now this is going to be fun and all that kind of stuff and Dwight and <laughs> Steve oh, Nash and all that. Cover. And it just, it didn't work, right? It didn't work out. It was bad. Uh, yeah. D'Antoni coming in, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, the, look no further than a trade, a bad trade when they traded a first for Amon Sessions for like half a season. Oh, you yeah. remember that? Yep. Yep. Yeah, see? Yeah, that was rough. I'm just glad they didn't do that this season. Yeah. Tony, fans need someone to get fired or be the center of blame. I say it again, it isn't Vogel's fault, but they need to fire him. I would fire Palenka. Well, that's just it. I don't think Rob Palenka is getting fired. Nope. So uh, the Rambi are not getting fired. Kurt Rambis, Linda Rambis, they're not getting fired. Jeannie's not firing herself. So it's going to be Vogel. It's going to be the coaching staff. It's going to be the players. That's that's what's going to happen. You're going to see moves made in the coaching ranks. You're going to see moves made in terms of the players that are on the team. That's that's what's going to happen. That's where, and maybe that's placing the blame there or not, but that's what you're going to see actually happening. If you're hoping to see someone held accountable and someone take the fall and it's this person's blame, it's probably going to be Frank Vogel, but I don't think they will really try to put all the blame on him because at this point it would be insane to do that. Like there's so many people that would call them out on it, particularly in the media, if they tried to say this was all Frank Vogel's fault. So I'm not anticipating that, but I do think out of the group, out of the, the group of decision makers, Vogel's going to be the one to go. Can I tell you like my perfect management offseason? Sure. I would love it if they elevated Joey and Jesse Buss mm -hmm. into higher roles and that they were able to have more say in basketball decisions. That's one. And then two, I would kill for an outside hire oh. just as a form of checks and balances. Yes. Right. Like a non, non -Laker, Lakers outer family. circle person. Right. Because this is what the Lakers do. We've, we've talked about this a bunch, but when the Lakers are making a major decision, when things start getting tough, what the Lakers do is they look to the people that they already know. That's what they do, right? They hire people that they already know that they trust. They're a part of the family. Like if you already know, or have a good relationship with the Lakers, there's a good chance they're going to hire you because they look at this as kind of like a family business type thing or, or, you know, whatever it is. That's why they, that's what they tend to do. And that's where you gotta, you can limit yourself in that way tremendously in terms of who you're bringing in, what kind of, kind of perspectives you're getting. And that can have a negative effect on your, on your franchise. And so I'm, I'm with you. I would agree. Bring in, bring in somebody else. My gosh, if it was like, if Musai Ujiri was somehow out there, my God, bring him in, right? Like there's oh, gotta man. be. He would want Palinka's position though. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I'm just saying if there was somebody else that you could bring in, it shouldn't have to be a Laker. It doesn't have to be somebody who was a former Laker or the agent of a, of a major Laker or something like that. That shouldn't be a pre prerequisite to being on the short list of people that you want to bring in to help make decisions. Hiring someone on merit, Trevor? What are you talking it's about? crazy, right? What a novel idea. It's crazy. Yeah. Lakers lack, uh, Mark Polo Corleone said, Lakers lack athleticism more than effort. You need to start fast with LeBron, Johnson, Reeves, Monk, uh, Russ, AD. When he gets healthy, Dwight with spot minutes. Yeah, look, I mean, the old legs are certainly a part of the, the equation too. When we point to different things, that have caused this Lakers season, the age of the team, guys who aren't quite as athletic as, as we would have hoped maybe they would have been by this point. That's a factor too. That's another thing to factor in. Yep, yep, yep. 
Scott Strayhorn, what's a reasonable expectation for seeding next year with this core, assuming no major trades are made? I'm seven or eight. Yeah, I mean, if you keep the same group. See, here's the thing: if you keep LeBron, Russ, AD, you're back to next season. You're back to the taxpayer mid-level exception. Maybe that'll be enough for Malik Monk. Probably not. And veteran minimums. That's what you've got again. If you keep LeBron, Russ, AD. And that's what you're building your team around. Again, is those three veteran minimums and the taxpayer mid-level. Let me just yell this before someone else Uh, says it. Um, Not yell it, but uh, trading Russell Westbrook does not open up more cap space. Let's just uh, put that out there. Well, okay, here's the way I look at it. If you take Russell Westbrook's salary and you're able to chop it up into three or four players that you bring in, and then those pieces are a little bit easier to move and maneuver around. Okay, if you're going to go that that's, way. That's yes. the way I'm looking at it. And I'm not saying trading Russell Westbrook. It's not like you've got a team out there sitting on $50 million in cap space and you go, well, here's a first. And they just go, cool, we'll take Russ. That's probably not going to happen. If it did, the Lakers would say, deal, let's go. But if you're able to make a move that chops up his salary into more manageable pieces... And then you can make some moves from there. That's how maybe I'm just wondering if they can get to the point where they would feel comfortable using the full mid-level and then triggering a hard cap. But the only way you do that is if you're able to shed some salary. And I don't think you're shedding Russ's full salary. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think any players coming back in a deal are going to stay with the Lakers personally. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Cause then you start getting to like what three, four team deals where you have to send out extra assets for the teams to take them. And those players probably have to be expiring contracts as well for that season, which makes it even because they've got this whole cap space, 2023 plan. So maybe that changes this summer, but we'll see. Yep. Uh, Eduardo says AD hasn't shown up in the past two seasons. He's soft against great bigs like Giannis Embiid, Jokic. Look, we haven't seen, we saw AD outplay Embiid like just a few weeks ago. Yeah, he did. He did. That's a good point. But we saw AD hit that top, top tier, like MVP caliber during the playoffs in 2020. He hasn't hit that bar yet, but we saw some flashes of it this year, particularly that game against Embiid. Uh, He's looked good in other other stretches. Um, But you're right, though, in that we haven't seen him play at that level that we saw him at that 2020 championship season. Sure, that's a fair critique. If you're going to keep holding to AD to that way, then yeah, of course you're going to be disappointed. But I mean, AD even in a down year is still a very, 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 very good player. And you don't just give up on those. Dre Johnson, I still say we would have been in the finals with the Bucks last year if AD never got hurt. I mean, they were up Maybe. they were up 2-1. If Chris Paul heals up, who knows? But it did look... Anthony Davis in particular last season caused the Suns a lot of problems that they didn't have answers for. The series effectively ended when Anthony Davis got hurt. Um, yep. That's how big of a deal it was. Whereas the Lakers looked like they were pretty much in control of the series at that point. Um, uh, just, you know, re- not just to revisit. Um, I remember we, I think I did the show a game, what, four or five, yeah. what it was when AD got hurt. The Lakers had a lead at halftime. Yeah. Game four. Then he got hurt, rolled out for the rest of the game, and then they lost. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if they got all the way to the finals, but they had a very, very good shot at getting there if, you know, that entry doesn't happen. Mamba mentality. Is it possible to trade Russ for cap res- for cap space next year? We kind of just addressed that, so I won't go back into that. Um, got a few more super chats here we want to get into. Uh, it's been a hard year to be a Laker fan. Yes, somebody said with a, a super chat. It definitely has. It's been 
been very difficult, that's for sure. Gian Mercado, Matt said, in a vacuum at least twice today. My drinking game bingo is complete. Nice. There you go, Matt. Congrats. There you go. Relationship analogy in a vacuum. Uh, let's see. I don't know what else I said. I don't think I said but... regression to the mean yet. So. Oh, that's true. Um, did you catch my tweet at you or reply when you said it sounded like the Lakers could use an outside shooter and I, I texted you guys a, a Wes Matthews gif? I did see that. I did see that. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Mark, Mark, will the Lakers be better with Sam Presti as the GM? Well, I don't think he's leaving OKC. He's building He's building a pile of draft picks in OKC. Some I'm war sure, chest. I'm sure he's going to want to use those things. Well, we know LeBron likes him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He said some positive things, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not going to even bother doing the master lock tonight because what, what, it's You everything. have so many options. It's, what do you it's do? It's everything. It's everything. Uh, we're at the hour and 20 minute mark though, Matt. This tends to happen when you and I come on a show together. We tend to go long on these. I think it's about therapy time. sessions. Yeah, these therapy sessions. We shouldn't even call it a show, a therapy session, but I think we should probably wrap things up here. Uh, we survived. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens <laughs> in the Lakers next game. Uh, it's been uh, a tough one. It's been it, a tough one. Sheesh, man. Good job to us for uh, plowing through this and making sure that we uh, we break down the game as best as we possibly could, even though we didn't really talk about the game. Maybe for like five minutes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, what? there wasn't much to break down in the game itself. I'm pretty sure I talked more about Love is Blind than I did about the actual game today. Which is reasonable. The The Lakers themselves probably aren't watching the film from this game. No, they should be watching Love is Blind season two, just like me. Yeah. Netflix, if you're listening to this for whatever reason, my DMs are open for sponsorship opportunities. Hashtag not a sponsor, but should be a sponsor? Correct. Yes. Also, if you need a contestant or a, an, uh, an applicant for next year's show, I'm open also. So just that's a side <laughs> conversation. Yeah. We need to make that happen. We need to get you on that show, man. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, Who is that guy in the bubble that kept talking about the Lakers? What, what is <laughs> happening? He keeps he, saying in a vacuum. He, he screamed Rams championship. What? What? I don't oh, it. I did do that. I, that's why I couldn't do the show. My voice was so dead yeah. for that week. Yeah. All right. Great note. Great note. Let's Ten end it on one. that. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Thank you for coming in from YouTube, from Twitter, from Facebook. We got through it together. Still a number of games left in the season. We will be here with you throughout the entirety of it. Hang in there, Lakers Nation. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get better. We just want to see some inspired basketball. We want to see them play hard. We'll see if we get that next game. Till then, everybody, stay safe and see ya. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.